Stadium Journey podcast. Thanks for joining us tonight. Our website, stadiumjourney.com, is the world leader in sports travel information with reviews of over 2,500 stadiums from all around the world. And we are more than just an awesome website. You can connect with us on our social media channels. We're on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, a few other places too. Find us at Stadium Journey. And you can find audio versions of this awesome Stadium Journey podcast simply by picking up your phone and searching HIAC Talk Radio Network wherever you look for your favorite podcast. Video simulcasts of our podcast can be found on Stadium Journey's YouTube page. And our classic back catalog of episodes can still be found at vocnation.com. And for those of you who want to be part of the, the action, we record live every other Tuesday night at 7 Eastern at danlaw.tv. The gang is all here tonight. Dave Cotney's here. Follow him online at ProFan9. Mark Viquez is here, too. Follow him at Ballpark Hunter. The other guy, Dan Calachico's here. Follow him at DanLaw83. And I am Paul Baker. You can follow me at PuckmanRI. So for tonight's show, we've had to call a last-second audible. Omaha, Omaha. It's been a couple of months since we put the journey in Stadium Journey. So we're going to take a look back at the last couple of months. Now that the borders have relaxed, uh, Dave's gotten to leave his hometown a little bit. And the same goes for the rest of us, too. We've been able to hit the road pretty consistently. We're going to talk about where we've been since March. So we got, we're going to talk March. We're going to talk April. We're going to talk May. Pretty full episode, if you ask me. So, guys, how's it going? Where have you been? Who wants to go first? Dave, you are the big trip winner. But I don't think we're going to start out at the big trip, right? Uh, I could we start, start wherever you like. And balloons. <laughs> I could start wherever you like. I mean, I have a couple big trips. So, oh, uh, start, at, start at the beginning. Start at the beginning. Okay. So, we'll start with my Canada big trip. How's that? So, um, can we do like the uh, the Wayne's World Scooby Doo? <laughs> so, last time I was here. Actually, last time we were doing uh, uh, on the road episode. You were on the road. I was on the road. Yeah, I was at the right, right beginning of my March break trip. I was at uh, the Peterborough Memorial Center, home of the Peterborough Pete. So, so that was fun. And this was it was great. It was our first March break in since uh, 2019, um, because COVID in 2020 actually killed like what was going to be an amazing March break trip. So we we had everything set up, tickets. Uh, you know, airline, hotel, it was all set, ready to go. Uh, Colorado Avalanche, Denver Nuggets, Colorado Rapids, Colorado Mammoth. It was going to be epic. But, you know, it was going to be Mammoth and epic and avalanche Um But no, it, uh, it, it, of course, didn't happen. And then, you know, nothing. There was no 2021 March break, so... 2022 March break uh, and you know the borders were a little yeah you know I don't really know what's going on so we did it uh, we did cross a border we crossed the provincial border so we actually went into Quebec um, so went Peterborough and then went to uh, the oh man what's it called now uh, TD the arena at TD place uh, for the Ottawa 67s um, that's a that's kind of a neat place because the arena is actually under the grandstand 
uh, the football stadium where the Ottawa Redblacks play. So that's that's kind of cool. It's um, you know one of those you know unique, still a unique venue in the OHL as they seem to become more generic. Generic. Uh, went to Ottawa. Uh, after that, well, actually, kind of just barely in Ottawa because the Ottawa Senators just barely play in Ottawa. They play in in the former Canada. town of oh, Canada. Yeah, that's which is Canada. Well, it's no, it's Canada. It it, it was. It, it was uh, but a number of years ago, um, there were all that. of these these mega city mergers of which like Ottawa it. was one. So you know, technically. Mm-hmm. Canada is now part of Ottawa. But if you are like wow. driving from the parliament buildings, then you're looking at a good 20, 20 that's, that's plus a distance. minutes. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's uh, it, it would probably be equivalent to like looking at like Phoenix and Glendale ish. Right. Yeah. Except, well. except you're dealing really with the city. Well, you don't even have to deal with the city of Ottawa because the senators own the building and, and own the land and whatnot. So, um, but yeah, it's, I, you know, it's a little depressing. The senators, the sends are down at the moment. Um, so the crowd wasn't great. Uh, you know, they're just in flux there with the ownership. Um, you know, Eugene Melnick just died. And, and since then, there's been like a whole lot of press about, you know, what kind of a person he was. Uh, and, and the team is in flux. Um, so it was a, it was interesting. But then after that, it was it was really to, you know, one of the one of the true hockey meccas. It was it was the Bell Center uh, in Montreal. I did get to stop in and, and um, chat with our friend Tim Capper, who who forgot about us tonight and is enjoying the Ottawa Titans uh, home opener <laughs> instead of being on here with us. But yeah, you know, even when even when the Canadians are down, it's it's such a it's such an iconic place. Like the the fan base is is just so loud um there was a whole lot of like who the heck are these guys so you know you imagine like you got all of those banners under there or up there you got jacques plant and henri richard and maurice richard and, and boom boom jeffrey on and howie morent and ken dryden and patrick wah and then on the ice you've got like i can't even name who was on the ice anymore <laughs> That's that's how far this Canadiens team has fallen. Uh, I'm sure they're excited now because they're going to get Shane Wright, um, who's going to be the first overall pick. He was in Kingston all year, but yeah, it's you know such a such an iconic place. Uh, you, you could just take pictures forever. Um, like the Hall of Fame is is just massive. The the you know the the Canadiens Hall of Fame kind of thing. Um, and, and I did actually, I did a lot of research on, you know, the Canadians history going in and, uh, you know, a lot of the like, people that we don't even talk about with the Canadians, like, you know, the ownership groups were, were just as iconic, right? Like they were owned by the Molson family forever, not quite forever, I guess. Um, and, and went through that whole phase of, you know, were they going to move to Cleveland? I know that's all your favorite story. Were they going to move to Cleveland or were they going to stay? Uh, and then, you know, how they outlasted the Montreal Maroons, which were essentially the English team. And and uh, funny enough, their their nickname, the Habitant, um, it, it's it's a 
it's a slang term. It, it, it was originally a, a, a dig, right? It was, it was supposed to be an insult and they just, they just, uh, absorbed it. And, and, you know, that's what they, that's what they, uh, that's what they, they go by kind of thing. And of course, the big misnomer, the CH stands for, the C stands for club and the H stands for hockey. It doesn't stand for Canadians and it doesn't stand for Abby Tom. So, um, yeah, funny enough. Uh, and then we went to uh, a new building, like my first real new building in, in years. Uh, and and I think, I think, you know, they were worried about Paul getting there, so they before me so they shut down his ahl all-star game a couple times Twice. so it was place bell in laval uh which is i don't know it's it's interesting it's it's a very different production um you know if you think about if you think about montreal as one of the most traditional hockey markets um you know, kind of like I would think of Boston as a traditional basketball market and they just fought everything, right? Like they were the last to get cheerleaders and they don't play music during the game and all those kinds of things. You'd think Montreal would be the same sort of thing. And Laval is just a, is just a suburb of Montreal. But the, the presentation at Laval is just so different than at the Canadiens. So Laval, it was almost like, it was almost like a nightclub. Like that's the kind of vibe they were they were going for. Uh, lasers. Uh, the music was, you know, was like that. Uh, and and something I didn't understand. It was hard for me to get my head around, you know, being a a sports fan for so many years, um, and not being a huge drinker. Like, you know, I don't often drink beer at the at the game. But there's a billion other people who drink beer. In Quebec, man, there were more people drinking those like seltzers and and gin coolers and and like those kinds of things. It was really um, was really kind of surprising. Uh, the building is is okay. I mean, it's an AHL building. I mean, it's it's attractive from the outside. It's kind of dark on the inside. Um, I think I I think I sent you a picture, Paul. Like there were no lights above the ice. They were all yeah. around the edge and, and amazing what they can do with lights now, as opposed to like the old fluorescence, right? Like these LEDs, they just go off and on and whenever, and, and uh, just at the turn of a switch, it's not like it takes uh, time to warm up. I don't, I don't know if you guys remember when we were in Columbia and the, uh, at the fireflies game and the lights went out and we were on the tour I think Paul, you were in my group on the tour, and oh, the guy was like, "Okay, just wait a second. And he was having a minor freakout because it takes it takes so long for the lights to warm up. But yeah, these ones not so much. Uh, then the last part was to another new building in um, this one was in Gatineau, so for junior hockey and and the uh, one of the most interesting names, the Santra Slush Puppy. So my son had to have a slush puppy at Centre Slush Puppy, home of the Gatineau Olympique. Um, very sleek looking building, very, very dark. The team colors are black and silver. Uh, and it was kind of a historic game because um, playing for the Olympique was uh, Yves Gascon. And she 
made her debut, uh, first female player in something like two decades to play in the QMJHL. Um, and the and the crowd was really behind her. Um, unfortunately, you know, it didn't work out for her. Uh, the Olympique lost 5-4 in overtime. Um, but yeah, it was, I had to say it was great to get out on the road again and, uh, and just, um, you know, experience that sort of road trip feeling and, uh, you know, head somewhere that's different and see some, some new places that I, I had almost forgotten that, you know, that feeling you get the little goosebumpy feeling you get when you walk into a new place for the first time. So that was my, that was my big March trip. Nice. Nice. How about you, Mark? What have you been up to? Well, I, uh, I, I took a trip to Ohio, Columbus, Ohio, a few weeks ago, uh, March 30th, I think, or 29th was the date. And I went to three venues. Uh, two of them I had not been to before. One was relatively not even a year old. Uh, I went to check out Ohio State baseball at Bill Davis Stadium. Oh, nice. H. Yeah. Oh, O-H-I-O. Oh, I oh. <laughs> oh, definitely not a Buckeye. But anyway, but when I was there, I was wearing red. So I didn't, didn't want uh, Brutus to come after me like Purdue Pete did at the, the Purdue game a few weeks prior to that. But anyway, if you ever been to Ohio State baseball stadium, it's a beautiful facility. I think it was built in 1996-97. And for the time was very, very modern, large, just fancy. And I didn't realize that Ohio State ever really had a nice ball field up until then. And they had a great program. They've had some guys make it to the majors. And they finally built this beautiful stadium through donations and, and funds. And, and, and it's a nice place. I mean, it, for the Big Ten, it's probably the nicest ballpark in the conference. And I have not been to all of them. But based on pictures and the things I've seen, it's, it's a hell of a lot better than what the heck Rutgers is playing out of. And it's much nicer than what Purdue and Laf and and IU were playing out of a few years ago prior to their new stadiums, but it's a beautiful ballpark. It's just that it's a little bit too big. It's 4,000 seats. I don't think they get anywhere near that type of uh, crowds, not even Michigan's in town. Maybe that's an exception, but you know, it's just such a big stadium. You're just a little bit frazzled by like, wow, this is, this is huge. Uh, um, Sorry. Just looking at your pictures here. Is it, is it uh, turf all the way through? No, yeah, no infield dirt. It's a synthetic field. So no, no infield dirt. It's just different colored turf. Well, let me see here. That's what most of the college places are like what's, up in this part of the country. What's that like? What does it change the way the game is? Let me see. At all? That that's a good question. Uh, well, you know, I am I am so used. No, that's a uh, synthetic dirt, I believe. Yeah, I can tell you from playing lacrosse yeah. on on turf. The first bounce is regular, oh. but for some reason the second bounce speeds up. So yeah. I would imagine the same thing happens on a on a ground ball. I I can tell you, it looks like the pitching mound is actual dirt. The yeah, in those fields usually yeah. the mound is made of dirt because they yeah. don't want to mess up the pick the pitcher's routine. Yeah, that that's that's what it is. Uh, you know, based on my experience, I've uh, I've played kickball on turf, and. I played it on grass. If it, you know, just like a baseball player would. Yeah. There are differences. It's 
as watching it, I'm getting used to seeing these type of fields. It's not as if, oh, my God, what the heck are they playing at? Because you, you have to in the north. You have to have it that way. But it, it makes sense because I went to another venue, Taylor University, which has a synthetic infield and a grass outfield. And they said ever since they installed that a few years ago, uh, they're they're average. They're not losing those eight to ten games a year like they were in the past. Uh, so if you play in the Midwest and the Northeast and, you know, up in Michigan and whatnot and Wisconsin, you know, those fields are, are needed and they're not AstroTurf like what we had when we were a kid, which was a carpet. Uh, you can wear spikes, you can wear cleats. They're a little bit nicer, but yeah, you, they definitely stand out and, you know, maybe there are some, there are positives and negatives, but uh, from the standpoint of hosting games, you kind of want those there. And the day I went, it did rain a little bit in the afternoon, not to, not as much to cancel it, but definitely um, definitely something you have to have. And like I said, it's a beautiful stadium. It's just a little little too big. Uh, Brutus was there entertaining people. I like that. <laughs> it's nice. He kept he kept hitting his head. I have a video on YouTube on my uh, ballpark hunter, and uh, he's just you just can't miss him. You know, it wasn't a big crowd. It was a decent crowd. Uh, you know, he was just all over the place. Uh, so after that, I went to uh, Huntington Park, which is home of the Columbus Clippers. I had not been here, and, and my goodness, in about 14, not that long, about 14, 13 years. And I couldn't believe how long that, that was. I was like, man, it's, it's like we're I've been through Columbus from time to time, but just never to see a Clippers game. And this is a gorgeous ballpark. I've been on here and talked about St. Paul and Durham, but I think Columbus throws its hat into the ring. Uh, there's a lot to like here. And I, we talked a lot about that last time uh, with the concession stands being open and facing uh, the crowd. We talked about how uh, you can't walk around the stadium. You have to go out onto Nationwide Boulevard, but there you can peek in through some windows. So if you don't want to buy a ticket, you can watch the game for free. They have some nice old time photos and writings on the brick wall. It's just a, they have rooftop seating. They have a building in left field that has three purposes, uh, seating and concession stand and um, merchandise. It's just a fun little ballpark. And I, I would have to rank it up there uh, among the best in AAA baseball. Now I have not been to all of them, uh, but I, I was, I was in love with the place that has, have any of you guys been there recently? Not recently. Uh, well, I was, I was there on Sunday. Yeah, you saw it. <laughs> well, I I stood outside of it on Sunday, uh, but we're we're planning on going in August, so we're, I'm looking oh, yeah. forward to yeah to heading there. Yeah, let let me know how you like it when you're out there, because I, I was like, wow, this is like I was just just like shocked how long it's been. You know, you you get a little bit older, and you're like, oh yeah, I've been in that stadium, and then it's like, okay, how many years ago? And the place has changed a little bit. Not a lot. I mean, there's still a lot of uh, things I remember. Uh, but it's a nice little neighborhood, $4 parking, cheap tickets, six to eight bucks to get in. I mean, that's insane for AAA baseball because, you know, prices are going up uh, all across the board. But the one stadium I really wanted to see was uh, a brand new stadium built last year, home of the Columbus Crew Lower.com Field. This is one of the, I guess this is the newest or one of the newest venues in, uh, no, I guess Nashville is new. Uh, one of the new venues of MLS, and I know Dave went to Cincinnati. He'll talk about that a little bit later. But this is like the future of the league, like these soccer-specific stadiums that hold about 
20,000 to 30,000 folks. Uh, magnificent facilities, everything you need. And if you don't like soccer, uh, then that's your fault. Because, I mean, there's a lot to like about this new stadium. Local food, great seating, covered grandstand. Uh, the roof over the canopy over the stands, take the noise and bring it back onto the pitch. Uh, there's a beer garden uh, that is right underneath the uh, the Nordeck, which is the supporter group. One of the, I think it's the largest or one of the largest in the league. And it's just, it's hard to, it's hard to walk around and not fall in love with the atmosphere there. It was, it was amazing. They have a little outside patio and there's like a restaurant bar. Uh, that is alive and kicking well before kickoff. I was just really, uh, I was really impressed with what I saw there because I had gone to Cincinnati last year and I actually kind of like this one a little bit better, but uh, you know, they're both magnificent places to watch soccer and, you know, to think that Columbus and we had, we talked about that a few years ago, almost lost their team and here they got this beautiful arena. They're building up the uh, area next to it with, uh, you know, uh, I guess a Riverside Park and residential units. You know, it's one of those areas that's being renovated as we speak. It's only going to be nicer there in the future. So, you know, Columbus uh, has some great facilities and, you know, I'd even go to Nationwide Arena, which is among one of the favorite hockey stadiums and uh, hockey arenas in, uh, in the North America. So, yeah, three different venues in one day made for a very long day for me. Cause that's about a two and a half, two hours and 40 minute drive for me. So can you, can gotta, you imagine, can you imagine hitting up, uh, hitting up Columbus for hell is real. That would be, that would be pretty amazing. No, no, you're absolutely right. Uh, goodness. It's yeah. It, it, Columbus is a fun town and there's a lot and, of great sporting events going up there. So for those, for those not, not in the know, Hell is real is is the uh, is the local rivalry game between the Columbus Crew and FC Cincinnati, and it's based on a sign. Real. There's a, 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 a like a billboard sign on the highway that basically says "Hell is real." You know, oh, one yeah. of these kind of yeah. farmland kind of yeah. signs, and that's and that's what they build the derby as is as "Hell is real" and. Uh, you know, I know what I know what it was like in Cincinnati. I've been to Columbus, um, not not when it's not the new Columbus, uh, but did go to the historic one, um, and it was kind of down at the time. But yeah, a, a rivalry game like that, it would just be, it would just a, be a derby, off, right? Is off that, the that do they do they call them derbies here? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> they spell them derbies, so derbies yeah yeah they're pronounced derbies but yeah derbies no that would be nice because i remember when cincinnati would play louisville when both were in the usl uh that was insane because i mean cincinnati would pack a lot of people into their stadium and vice versa and you know you just got these beautiful soccer stadiums popping up i mean uh i'm trying to get out to louisville in a few weeks uh they have a, a second division team and they have a nice stadium so you know, I, I know Dave and I growing up, we used to watch soccer and I guess you, I would assume you were a Toronto Blizzard fan and they would play uh, out. Oh, of, gosh, no, I'm I'm so late <laughs> to the soccer party. So late. I, oh, yeah. Goodness. No, I was not interested. No. It, actually, the first time well. I went to TFC, I was like, yeah, this sucks. Really? <laughs> wow. I'm not sure. You know what? I'm not sure if 
if it weren't for stadium journey, I'm not sure I would be uh, interested in soccer at all. So, wow. Well, it's because of these fancy new stadiums are opening. It, up. Yeah, I it mean, definitely yeah. helps. It they're, definitely they're, mag- helps. they're magnificent. And Lloyd Brown, Lord Brown went down to Nashville recently. I'd love to hear what he had to say about that. Looking forward to that review. So, uh, you know, there's beautiful facilities. I'm going to be in Austin, uh, July, June 10th to the 17th. Unfortunately, the, the Austin, uh, FC are not going to be in town. So, Oh no. That's yeah. Not another beautiful stadium. So, I mean, everywhere you go, you got these awesome MLS stadiums and unless you're going to new England. Yes. Let's show my segue. <laughs> yeah. So on that note, Paul Baker, El Presidente, take it away. <laughs> Not everywhere has beautiful soccer stadiums, let me tell you. I uh, went to uh, a game at Gillette Stadium, uh, New England Revolution game. Now, the Revolution are pretty good right now. They uh, won the Supporters' Shield last year, which signifies the best record in the MLS. Uh, they've got a solid team this year, off to a little bit of a slow start. But I hadn't been to Gillette for soccer. I looked it up in, I think it had been five years. So, And I hadn't been there for football in that time either. So. The big news in Gillette is that they are totally redoing the north end of the stadium. The whole entry plaza where where you see the bridge and the lighthouse and the big scoreboard, that's all gone. So walking into the stadium was was a shocker because I actually worked there for seven years. So I'm very familiar with Gillette Stadium. But you walk in now and you turn and you look the whole end of the stadium, there's, there's nothing there. So it hasn't really affected the game day experience. They've got this, the uh, construction is basically on the outside of the, the stadium itself. So they've got those concession stands and that part of the concourse blocked off. You can still get by, but it's a smaller passageway. And the, uh, the entry plaza down on ground level is being redone. So that will all be new. Actually, the cool thing about that is the new lighthouse they're putting in is a lot bigger. And you're actually going to be able to go up in it. And uh, from the top of the the tower you can't actually see boston from foxborough so that's gonna be pretty cool and you can have events up there and stuff so that's all gonna be pretty cool when it's done and what kind of ticket price is that gonna be like i can't even imagine Two mortgage payments and a herd of cattle or absolutely can't (laughs) even imagine um so let's see what do i have to say about gillette stadium i mean it's not we're talking about columbus and nashville and we're going to be visiting uh minneapolis or actually, it's in St. Paul, so it's Minnesota, whichever way you look at it. Later this uh, later this summer at the Stadium Journey get together, all those soccer specific, really nice things, and then you got Gillette Stadium, which is a big old football stadium that they cut off the upper. Well, they don't cut off the upper deck, but you can't access the upper deck. Fill up the lower deck, and that's good enough for us. It was full. It was a good crowd. Lots of lots of kids run around. It was a really chilly night, so that and that didn't seem to put a damper on anything. It was a good game. You know know what? Like, it could be. And I I think I kind of poked a little fun at you when you said it was full. Right? Like, the bottom bottom was full-ish. But the the top is empty, right? Yeah, the top is empty. But but you've got, you know, it's still, and I've been to some of these really great places. Still, my favorite is Seattle. But Seattle fills the whole stadium, don't but they? Seattle, Seattle brings the noise, right? Like they bring the crowd out. And and yeah, when Portland. I went there, when I went there, they were not what they are now, right? Like they're they're kind of the almost dynastic um, 
member of of Major League Soccer, right? Like they just won the CONCACAF Champions League, which no MLS team has ever done. They've won uh, the MLS Cup a number of times, um, but they really blow the roof off that place. You know, Atlanta was setting records. Mm -hmm. Uh, Charlotte just, you know, broke all those records with with their debut. Like you could do it. You could do it in a football stadium. Not well, why the can't we do it in Boston then? Well, that was one time that I, I don't think Charlotte's averaging those crowds. It was the first game. No, I think you're right. I think you're right. Yeah. But in Atlanta, but Atlanta was getting about 57,000 for an average, which is, is sick to think about it. And then if you look at Portland, uh, probably my favorite place I've seen a game, saw a game, you know, they kicked out the baseball team. They said, guys, get yeah. out of here. We're making this a <laughs> soccer facility. We don't, yep. you know, there's no stadium here. Not our problem. Tucson, have a. <laughs> Have fun. I think New England could get more than twenty grand if they open up the top, but I don't think they want. Well, they're okay a with most, a mostly empty top. They want a full lower level, and yeah. the atmosphere that comes with having that full, rather than spreading out the crowd in a well, thousand seat football stadium. You know, and that was the problem with NASL teams back in the day. You played in a football stadium with meager crowds. I don't know what the type of crowds uh, the Revolution get, but they have a new logo, which is nice and. Yeah, it would be nice if they have a new stadium, but I guess they like what they have, right? No, 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 they don't. They, okay, they've been, <laughs> they've been. Uh, if you're from the New England area, if you're from Boston, you know how difficult it is to get something built. And kind of like Red, in New York, yeah. <laughs> the Red Sox tried to get a new Fenway Park built a while back and couldn't make it happen. The Bruins, it took them at least 15 years to get a new garden. Uh, it takes a while, and and Kraft has been saying all along he wants a downtown soccer stadium for the Oh, Revolution. okay. Um, and they've had many proposals, many plans that have just all fallen through. So put it on a barge, float it out in the bay somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Boston Revolution. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I, the biggest drawback to to uh, having the team play at Foxborough, well, besides the half-empty stadium, is that there's no public transportation in Foxborough. It's a little town. It's it's a town of nineteen thousand people. So there's no public transportation. There's no way to get there if you're from Boston or if you're from Providence. It's actually right halfway in between the two cities. Now, but if you're in one of the cities, you can't get there. So you got to drive there, or you're just not going. Why can't they change that? What public transportation? Yeah, like they. Why? So they, you can use it. They get public transit. They get public transit out for the the Patriots, right? They they have one train. Okay. One train before the game, one train after the game. Okay. That's uh, 70,000 people versus 20. That's well, economic fair value. enough. Fair enough. But you know what? I'll be honest. I, I would take, I would take a game at Gillette over a game at Yankee stadium any day. That's a travesty. There is no way yeah. that well, yeah, NYCFC situation. should still be playing at Yankee stadium. That, yeah. well, that's the, that's the, gross the, to watch on television. The, well, that that's the catch twenty two. They play at a famous building. They get they get support. I think they get about twenty some thousand folks. But you're right; it's hard to build a stadium there. It's the field is not even regulation length. Right. And you're at, you're at a uh, baseball stadium, and so you're yeah. facing the wrong way and all kinds of bad stuff. Yeah, and it's difficult to build anything in New York City. I mean, heck, the Jets and Giants had a play in new jersey yeah well if you think <laughs> about the nice new stadium that the red bulls have i mean why can't yeah. new york fc do something like that but but anyway i going into that for a game it was it was fun i am not a soccer person at all i was bored out of my mind uh, um 
Who did they play? They played Columbus. I've seen four soccer games in my lifetime at Gillette. Three of them have been against Columbus. <laughs> well, we'll uh, see, Columbus we'll see what you early. have to say after we go to Minnesota. New England came back, scored two quick ones in the second half, was breezing along, and then uh, Columbus tied it in stoppage time. So we ended up in a draw. There is there is something unsatisfying about walking out with a tie. I don't care. A tie at the last second, sure. But I have no problem with a tie. Uh, hockey should have ties and not shootouts. Yeah. Baseball should have ties instead of running on second base. Yeah, no. <laughs> or, or home run derbies. Or, or, or 31 inning games. Actually, like you, used to. you know what a tie should be worth? Nothing. Correct. You want, Ooh, you yeah, want, to, make, you want to make the Correct. last few minutes amazing? A tie Holy is cow, worth yeah. zero. It's worth oh. the same as a loss. Correct. That would, I, you know what? I'm not opposed to that. Nope. I agree with that. So, 100%. Yeah, so yeah, my, I vote for you, Dave. <laughs> I would like to subscribe to your newsletter. Awesome. I got the I vote. would like to I would like <laughs> to donate to your campaign. All right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So that was my trip to Gillette. The parking was really weird because they take all the, the close lots. I'm thinking 20,000 people, good. I won't have to walk a mile and a half from the parking lot to the stadium. No, all the season ticket holders get to park nice and close. Everybody else, all the riffraff on the other side of Route One. So I had to walk out a mile and a half, and it was freezing cold. So that well, was no, really. Fun. So you have to walk. The, everybody who's a season ticket holder walks that far, unless yeah. The parking lots were fun. Kids, Jesus, that's insane. <laughs> kids were playing soccer and stuff. It was fun, but yeah, it was too far to walk for me, especially because oh. my back was hurting. But anyway, most, most people, I don't want to walk a mile and a half. Me neither. <laughs> on Route I don't One, walk a mile and a half. I know. Oh, I know. I know what Route One looks like in New Jersey. That's <laughs> it's pretty much the same in Foxborough. Yeah. yeah. No. I when I, we went to a Jet game there years ago against uh, the Patriots. Yeah, we walked about a mile. <laughs> so in the blustering cold. So yeah, I, I know that feeling. Yeah. So uh, let's see. What else have I done? That's a, if, if we're talking about big places, I've also been to Fenway Park already this year. So that was nice. Um. New stuff at Fenway Park. They they have believe it or not they have I know something's happening upstairs right above me here I don't know what's think think my kitchen is going to end up in my lap in a minute. Um, they have uh, added believe it or not another seating section to Fenway Park. It's out in the bleachers. It's called um, crap. I just wrote the review. I can't think what it's called. Anyway, it's called crap. I just wrote the review. <laughs> yes. That's a weird way to. That's a weird. It's a, what a name. It's, it's not catchy at all, but it's up that's at the weird. top of the bleachers. It's up at the top of the bleachers. Um, it's got a bar. It's got new restrooms, new facilities, standing room. It's got the uh, television studios there. So the pre and post game shows are out there. And it's got a, an event center and it's got a brand new scoreboard that's twice as big as the one that was sitting there before. So it's a really mm-hmm. neat vantage point from the ballpark. It's, the uh, event center is called Club 521 because it's 521 feet away from home plate. I don't know why I remembered that and not the name of the of the uh, the new area itself. But aside from that, Fenway Park is Fenway Park. It's, if you've been there, you either love it or you're like Dave and, and you have no soul. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, those were my big ticket items in the last couple of months, Gillette and Fenway. It doesn't get any bigger than that around here in this area. They're all big ticket items. Speaking of big tickets, 
I start my new announcing job in two days. So that'll be exciting. That's what the rocks, the Brockton rocks. Oh, check out the lineup for the Brockton rocks. If I may go off on a tangent. All right. You're familiar with the name David Ortiz. Yes. Manny Ramirez. Yes. They're all, they're playing. Pedro Ramirez, Pedro (laughs) Martinez. (laughs) Really? Pedro too. Keith Falk. Gary Sheffield. Are you serious? Their sons are all playing on the rock. Oh, it's old timers game. I was about to say, what the hell is going on and where do I sign up to watch? Well, I I'm just watching Bobby Witt jr. So yeah, it's, it's, I'm I'm getting old because guys, I used to say guys, my age, I think Ortiz is my age. I have a funny feeling that Bobby Witt Jr. is on a little bit different plane than than some of these other juniors. Oh no, are, no, he is. We're just are playing in a summer college. Well, <laughs> hopefully, yeah. Hey, well, they're not. It's not independent ball. It could be worse. My 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 son my son was all over me because I I was unaware that Bobby Witt Jr. was like the top prospect in the whole world. And, yeah. Can you believe it, Bobby Witt Jr. I'm like. Call, call you Shremsky's grandson. <laughs> oh, he's been around for a few years. Yeah, no, I saw him in Hartford years ago. That was, they, they started playing. Call you Shremsky. Call you Shremsky. Like, what the hell is that? I'm like, oh, that's his. Got to be his grandkid. I, I figured. When I was a kid, and you'd go on the highway 24 North to get up to Boston from where I lived, the first billboard you would see would be for some kind of uh, kielbasa, and it had a pic, uh, an old timey 70s drawing of Carl Yastrzemski on it and it just said Yaz and nice. something Kilbasa and I was like that's I know I'm going to Fedway Park oh boy <laughs> yeah uh, Dave, uh, Dave you actually went since our last get together on another trip right yeah trip. so uh this is like last this, this past weekend so I oh man I don't know I'm not sure what the best part was uh it might have been. It might have just been the last stop, which was uh, in Erie, Pennsylvania, at Primanti Brothers. <laughs> Man, say, it had been sentence, so long. <laughs> there was a sentence that has never been uttered in the history of the world. The best place was Erie, Pennsylvania. <laughs> no, the best place was Primanti Brothers. Although they didn't have any deep fried pickles. So, um, no, yeah, this weekend because we. we just coming off the Victoria Day weekend, long weekend. So uh, Jackson and I hit the long weekend road trip. Haven't done that in like a forever. And uh, it was a couple of things that uh, hadn't really seen before. So first we went, we went all the way down to WKRP land uh, and took in FC Cincinnati. Um, Stop first, actually. So, the stadium is in a district that I've been in and I didn't even know it. So it's in the, in the OTR district, which is like over the Rhine, which is kind of, it's just like a, a little sub neighborhood kind of thing that is it's getting in, better. Yeah. It's, it's in relation to a different into a, to some river or something like that. Anyway, I had been there before because uh, Jackson and I ended up going to taste of Belgium which was um, the actual one that, that Guy Fieri was in for Dieters, Drive-Ins, and Dives when I discovered the restaurant. And, you know, I, my heritage is Belgian, and I knew I had to take my dad there. Um, and then I had to, of course, build up something to do other than just go for lunch. So, <laughs> Dad, we're going to lunch in Cincinnati today. Let's go. <laughs> we're leaving at no, 6 a.m. No, we're not. 
<laughs> no, that was a good trip. We went to uh, both uh, Xavier and and Cincinnati and saw basketball. So that was that was a good trip. No, but uh, TQL Stadium in Cincinnati. Um, you know, one of the things that I like about the new, um, about the newer stadiums is many of them are more along the like the soccer arena kind of design. So I, I would say that that Columbus is like that. Cincinnati is definitely like that. It's kind of like the 360 degrees uh, enclosed. Keep the keep the sound in, and um, I think the first one that I that I experienced uh, in, in MLS would have been Red Bull Arena, which is you know is based on this on this European arena model. Um, and I think I think Red Bull Arena is based on on a similar one in Austria or something like that, which is probably also named after Red Bull. Uh, TQL Stadium though gets a lot of props for its use of LED lights, so there's LED lighting on the outside, um, which doesn't make it look spectacular during the day, but at night when you're walking away, it, it looks pretty cool. Uh, we had to wait for this game because lightning was in the area, which is about the only thing that'll stop a soccer game. Um, as my my children and I discovered in uh, in New York, that sub sub zero weather does not stop a soccer game, um, but it stops us from staying for the whole soccer game. That does. <laughs> uh, the TQL Stadium. One of the things that it has that I really liked is it's got the traditional European supporter section. So, uh, and this makes perfect sense if you think about it. So in a supporter section, everybody's going to stand. Everybody's going to dance around, et cetera, et cetera. So why put seats there? So in, uh, they call it the Bailey. Um, that's the other thing is that the, the uh, supporter sections are getting names for the entire section and then you have your various supporter groups in that section so in columbus it's the nordec um and in in cincinnati it's the bailey uh and they just have um it, it's just standing room in there uh they have like railings to lean on and of course they're going the whole time uh if you i, I did a quick panorama if you look at it on my youtube channel um you'll hear uh a little girl who was behind us who should have been in that section. <laughs> she was FCC, FCC, FCC the whole game until they scored because she had cotton candy. So she stopped, she stopped cheering. Uh, but yeah, uh, a great, great. That was venue. a good try by the parents there. Have some. Yeah. Food. <laughs> Shut up. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Uh, I, I, I can't imagine that she slept after that though. Um, the sight lines are fantastic. We were in the corner. And it felt like we were like, it felt like if you just reached over, you could, your hand would be over the corner of the pitch. It, the sight lines were, were absolutely fantastic. So that place um, ranks super high. For, I mean, for me, it's probably the second best soccer stadium or soccer experience that I have. And I, and I put, I put uh, Seattle at number one. Uh, but as, a, as far as a venue itself, outside of the experience, I mean, the venue is, is right up there. Uh, absolutely great time. And then uh, on the, the next day, we went and checked out something that just looked a little bit weird. So we went to Progressive 
Field, the home of the Cleveland Guardians. And it was, I, I and I get it, I'm not arguing. Um, it was just a little strange to see Guardians above the above the video board, to hear Guardians throughout. Um, Isn't it in the same script, so they just had to change a couple letters? Um, it, it is in kind of a script, I guess. Uh, it, it's hard to say because you got that, like the block G as opposed to the script yeah. I. Um, I did see a dude like in the next section who had like the old school block letter Indians on his jersey with a 99 on the back. Yes, wild thing, Ricky Vaughn. That was that was probably the best jersey. I uh, surprisingly. Maybe, maybe surprisingly, maybe not. I don't know. Um, surprisingly, there was a ton of of Indians gear everywhere. Not for sale, but like, you know, the locals haven't given up their stuff. No, um, oh, they're not going to. Yeah. Chief, Chief Wahoo hats everywhere. Um, you know, and I, I wasn't sure. You know, what do you, what do you do when you what do you do when you change your when you change your name in, in such a fashion? Do you go back and you you know, change like bronze statues or stuff like that. You kind of like erase the name a little bit or anything like that. You know, do you look at the bricks or any of those monuments? Do they, should they be changed? None of that has changed. Um, but yeah, it was just a little different. To, to, let's go guards. I'm like, hell the guards. Um, you know, my son, my son really went to town on their new logo. They don't even have a logo. What the hell is that? Well, I, I think like, most people think that it's a Did baseball. With, it's a baseball with with a, a Thor helmet. <laughs> so I'm I'm sure there's a reason why it's I don't know. There it's, is. It's actually it's the pretty top. What do you call it? Things like a bridge, not a gargoyle, but you know. But there's a bridge that goes across the, the river there, the Cuyahoga River, and that's on top. The Guardians are up there. That's yeah. the the winged, whatever you call it, the, the Thor helmet. Guardians of the city. Is that what they're? Yeah, the Guardians of the City, and so that they kind of just appropriated that for baseball. Well, so it actually it, makes sense. And, for Cleveland. and maybe if that's and maybe that's what the wings represent. Yeah, but I'm pretty sure they don't have a giant G up there. Like I, I understand it could have been done better. Could have been. Did you hear everything I just said? Yeah, no, I understand they the concept, but, but the baseball and the G and the eh, it does look know. a little, uh, yeah, a little like like a kid drew it. Yeah, it, yeah. Yeah, the yeah, but you know, outside of minor league baseball, how often are we like, wow, that's that's a really good rebrand, right? How, how often are we doing that anymore, right? I don't. Milwaukee Brewers, that was a nice. Not they gave you something new, but they went back to the old look. Yeah, that was that was a rerun. <laughs> um, rerun, yeah. Hey, and, and in oh. Major League Soccer, and and I think all the marketing people need to be fired in Major League Soccer because those rebrands have all kind of sucked. I don't know. Maybe the revs has been okay, but I don't like uh, the revs. I like the old revs. The flag. I like. No, I like. Kind of like the are. flag. I like the but new revs. Montreal. Like the uh, the bad. It's a badge now with an R, like a yeah. R it's it. okay, yeah. I guess. It's it's not the worst of the bunch, um, but yeah, Montreal is is going back to something is, different. Well, is Chicago they, changing? Go back to Chicago did change not exactly, but but, but they, yeah, they got away from that. I don't know. That orange mountain thing that was pretty terrible. Battle of the Planets, Fiery they, Bird. They didn't go back to 
they they should have just kept the one that really looked like the fire crest. That was, I I, I like that one. Um, so the speculation now is what is Montreal going to do? Are they going to just come up with a whole new logo or crest that's going to kind of go back to the black and blue stripes and that kind of thing? Or cross your fingers, are they just going to go back to being the impact and not being the club to foot, um, which is what they are now. And the club to foot. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's, it's just horrible. Horrible. I, I actually, I don't mind the, the badge itself. Like, I don't know the arrows and the M's that make a snowflake. That's okay. That's not bad. Uh, but leaving, but leaving the impact name behind, I thought was terrible. Yeah. That's, and that pissed off a lot of people yeah, from the yeah. get go. Yeah. And, and maybe this is the new, and maybe this is the marketing thing is, is you, you feed your fans something crappy to make yeah. them cranky and then you give them what they want after. Because yeah, even even the Maybe. Portland Timber, yeah, I was told the Portland Timbers when they introduced their logo, they had to tweak it a little bit, uh, based on some conversations I had. Uh, that it wasn't exactly the same of what they have now. Uh, but yeah, they sell two batches of merchandise. Yeah, but, or you know, here's the thing, Columbus Crew. I, I hate their new logo. I don't get that logo at all. It's just it's a lazy looking design. The last logo was. Just such a perfect looking soccer crest that would fit in anywhere in the world. Yeah. And they, I agree. they got rid of it. I was hoping to find some of that stuff at the stadium or, or at a local Marshalls or TJ Maxx. I, I couldn't, I couldn't find it because uh, that new logo is just head scratching. But yeah, the I'm only thing I, it. the only thing I get about it is I understand the shape is supposed to be like the, the flag eh. of Ohio. Yeah. But I mean, nah. They could have done that shape and, and added like some of the aspects that were in the badge and checkerboard. Yeah, yeah. And anyway, and that, that could have been an alternative logo primary. Before we leave Progressive Field, I, I gotta say, um, Fathead Brewery. What what the heck was it? Bumbleberry honey blueberry ale was fantastic. Actual blueberries they put in the in the beer for you. That was really good. You act like that's a big deal. I've never had blue- actual blueberries in a <laughs> so beer you before. always get a blueberry beer, man, with blueberries in it. Never. They don't give me blueberries in my blue-eyed blueberry blonde at, at Pearl Street Grill. Well, so it's Buffalo. That was very cool. And then uh, my 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 food of choice at uh, – well, I, in Cincinnati, of course, it was – we had to stop at the Skyline Chili Stand. Um but in Cleveland, I had a barbecue, barbecue mac and cheese cone. So it was like a waffle cone with mac and cheese, pulled pork, coleslaw, and then barbecue sauce on top. It was pretty excellent. And a Permanti Brothers. And- Permanti Brothers on the way home. Nice. Yeah, Jackson was like, hey, can we get ice cream? I'm like, no way, man. <laughs> Sounds like a great trip, man. Yeah, it was pretty excellent. A lot of good right. eating, a lot of exercising. <laughs> How about you, Mark? Anywhere else to talk about in the last yeah. couple of months? Yeah, I did. Uh, I took some uh, trips to some baseball stadiums near me. I think the furthest I drove was about an hour and 40 minutes to Indiana Tech. Uh, that's the that's up in Fort Wayne. 
It's uh, Division Three stadiums. I started checking out Division Three stadiums just to see what they're all about. And, you know, each one of them has something to offer. You know, they're not perfect, but they're a lot better than some Division One stadiums uh, that I've been to in the Northeast, especially in the Northeast, uh, hey. with, with what I grew up with. Uh, and, and Indiana Tech was a stadium that's sort of the grandstand is is pushed into a hill. And it kind of follows its own route through uh, the campus, but nice little crowd there. I think what I liked best was uh, the left field bleacher area, which actually was just one bleacher made out of cement that people sat on. And you saw some of the students just hanging out there drinking beer, friendly, friendly guys, friendly guys and girls out there. Cause they were and drinking beer. They're drinking beer. They offered me one and, most of them were from the track team, and a lot of them were from Texas. So I guess they recruit uh, from Texas for the track team. Uh, night, but what I liked about it was just about a block or two was this old candy factory that's now a brewery and restaurant. And they make some wonderful beer. It has this cool little vibe, plenty of pinball games to play. It just seems like a fun place to hang out. Um, so... That was at Division Three ballpark. I went to Taylor University, which is in the middle of nowhere. It's about about a good hour, maybe 40, 50 minutes from me. Small little town. There's nothing there except this ice cream shop that is packed because there's nothing out there. And Taylor University has this really nice, pristine, clean baseball stadium, football stadiums next door, and a basketball arena. And then a softball field down uh, down the hill. Uh, I was just amazed because it was a beautiful day there. The place was packed, probably sits about 300, 500 people, but it was near capacity. And it just was such a perfect day for baseball. Uh, synthetic field, grass outfield, but you can trick on campus. If they catch you with a beer you'll get fined a couple hundred bucks. They're very serious. It's a, it's a dry Christian campus. So if you go to Taylor University, do not tailgate before a football or baseball game. Uh, but it, it's just one of those like unique experiences. Like the campus was alive and well, and you had like the baseball game. And then I went to the softball game, which had a lot of people out there. And uh, they're, they're very nice facilities. I was uh, just really shocked. I'm like, my goodness, you know, you don't have to go to a Division One uh stadium to have a good time uh the other division one ballpark i went to was purdue they were playing the indiana hoosiers packed house i think that sits about a couple thousand people alexander field it's a nice stadium but it's one of those stadiums that it's like okay where's the character you know where is where are the things that make this unique beautiful Where's Mark? You got an issue with your camera there, Mark. Oh, oh, I blocked it. <laughs> I, was, <laughs> I was looking at my notes. Sorry about that. No, it's like, I don't know if you ever seen pictures from my reviews of Alexander Field. There's nothing wrong with it. And it, it's just, it doesn't seem to have a lot of character to it. You know, I like ballparks. I kind of feel like a ballpark. This just feels like a very nice, shiny toy. Uh, you know, that just could be me. It was a great crowd. There was a lot of people there paying attention to the game. It just, uh, just after a while, I got kind of bored with the stadium. So I walked over to the softball field, 
which is a mini version of that baseball stadium. But one thing the one thing they have over there is they have an outfield grass berm that you can hang out and watch the game for free. So I thought that was a lot of fun. Uh, so, you know, if you happen to find yourself on the campus of Purdue or some other colleges, you might be able to double dip and, and check out a softball and baseball game. So uh, those are some fun little places that I went to. And uh, I have one more, but do we have time or, or do we come back to me? Go for it. Go for it. Okay, the last place I went to was uh, a little bit different than what I was used to. Uh, the USL has launched a women's league, and the Indy 11 have a team in this league. And I went to their inaugural match over at the Grand Park Event Center in Westfield, which is 20 minutes, half hour north of Indianapolis, a little closer to where I live. And they seat about 1,500. Place was packed. They had the supporter group there. And it was an amazing time. I had a lot of fun. Now, I don't know if those are the typical crowds they're going to get all year, but it was a historic night. And it was the first, uh, the first time this team played in front of uh, such a great crowd. Uh, it was just such a fun place to be. It was a cold, rainy night, so it was perfect that we're, they were playing indoors. However, I just don't know how the crowds are going to be the rest of the year. If, if they're half of that, then they're doing well. One thing I liked about this venue was it has a pub, bar, full-service uh, restaurant that during halftime, everybody congregates in there, have a pint or two, talk to people, and then go back and watch the game. So that's very European to me. Uh, so that was a cool feature. Some great food, too, and some pretty decent prices for the beer. But uh, there's a lot of teams that they have launched this year in the USL Women's League. So those are you guys who are watching or listening to us right now. Uh, feel free to check out these ladies play because it is really good soccer and they can use your support. And some of these organizations are kicking some butt and uh, doing things the right way, like Indy 11 and uh, the Minnesota team. Uh, up there as well. So uh, that was unexpected. I wasn't supposed to go to that game. I just was looking through my uh, social media and I said, Oh, they're playing in an hour. Let me get up there. You know, how many times do you say, Hey, I'll meet you at the game in an hour. Like, you know, you just can never get to a game that quickly sometimes. So that was a lot of fun. So yeah, those, those are my events the last couple of months. I went to some Indiana baseball high school fields, but you know, We'll talk mm-hmm. about that some other time. Nothing spectacular. I could tell you one, though. Cathedral High School. Excellent field. That field was manicured to perfection. I don't know who's doing the grass there, but the guy's a saint. Okay. So uh, I'll, I'll finish up. Uh, I finished up my hockey season with a couple AHL visits and an ECHL visit. I won't talk about Bridgeport or Worcester or Providence because talk about them enough on the show interesting trivial note that will really be of importance to nobody except myself this was the first year since i graduated college that i went to more basketball games over the winter than hockey games and why because i work for two basketball teams that's why um so uh you were talking a lot about baseball visits in small small parks mark um Usually for me in this part of the country, up in New England where I live, 
the college baseball season is compressed into usually about a month worth of time. Usually you get a few weeks in April where you can go to baseball game. So usually I will hit for stadium journey three or four or maximum of five baseball games each spring. This year, the weather gods cooperated and every weekend from March through May was good enough to go to a ballpark. So I ended up going to eight different college baseball venues this spring. I don't think that will ever happen again, but this spring 2022 was great. Got to update a lot of reviews and got to see a lot of places. Seven of them were places I had been before, but like you said, Mark, each, each one of them has character, has a little something going for it that makes it worth a visit. So really quickly, I'll recap where I went. Uh, Merrimack, brand new to Division One a couple years ago. They actually don't play on campus. They play at a local high school, which really sucks for a Division One team to play at a high school. The field, though, was pretty nice. Small bleachers, but, you know, it was a decent field, so. Um, unusual, I think, for a Division One team to be having to slum it like that. But when they stepped up all their programs a few years back, they, for whatever reason, they were able to upgrade their football stadium and the softball field and the soccer field. But for some reason, and I don't know why, I wasn't able to find out why, they couldn't do the same for the baseball park. So they had to go to a local high school, which invested a lot of money into their field. Yeah, and it's a nice picture. place to play. Oh, so you like, did you like, did they serve alcohol there? They didn't serve anything. It was bare bones. <laughs> bare bones. All these are all these. Not even Walter. Um, you know what? All this no concessions in yeah. any of these places that I went. I went to eight yeah. of them. Not one had any concession. BYOB or BYOS soda. Anyway, so I went to UMass. Um, if you've been to UMass, large school, uh, enrollment of what thirty thousand students, maybe. First class facility. Well, no, their football stadium is a piece of crap, but you know, they've got nice facilities and stuff. Their baseball field couldn't be any more plain. A couple of metal bleachers and a field. I talked to uh Brian Merzbach, who uh used to write for Stadium Journey. He's got his own site where he visit chronicles his visits. He says nice. he went there in the 80s. It looked my pictures looked exactly the same as when he went there in the Interesting. 80s. Interesting. Yeah, I'm so, looking at that right now. Yeah. That's um, not good. That's not good when somebody says that. No, no. So, yeah, it's stuck, it's stuck in time. It's stuck back in time. Uh, UMass Lowell. I wrote my review of UMass Lowell. They play at LaLasher Field. Excellent park. Was always highly regarded when the spinners played there. Spinners were a victim of contraction. In my review, I wrote that visiting LaLasher Field was visiting your buddy's apartment after his girlfriend broke up with him, and he's mm -hmm. not over it yet. What I mean by that is LaLasher Field still has all the old signage from the spinners still up. All the old displays from the spinners are still up. They're waiting for them to come back, right? They're waiting for somebody to come back, um, but everything was boarded up. There were no concessions at a minor league-level oh, ballpark. Uh, no, nothing had been, it looks like nothing has been updated in the two or three years since the team left. So that was really, really sad, but still a very nice place to catch a game. Um, Holy Cross, Hanover Insurance Field at Fitton, Fitton, Hanover Insurance Park at Fitton Field. It's a mouthful. 52 um, national champions. Still gets used for uh, summer collegiate baseball. The Worcester Bravehearts play there. Even though the Worcester Red Sox have taken over 
the town of the city of Worcester. The Woo Sox are a phenomenon in Worcester. It's crazy. But the Brave Hearts are still there in the summer, and Holy Cross still plays there. So a nice little place to catch a game. It's uh, 2,500 seats. It, it was uh, used for independent baseball, so it's got some pro amenities. But, you know, nothing was open again. The bathroom's broken, which is always a plus. I hope always so. Good. Always good at one of these fields when they have an actual bathroom and not Porta Johnson. So that was a plus in my book. <laughs> uh, Central Connecticut. Actually, uh, like you did, Mark, I caught a baseball and a softball game here because they're right uh, there. Yeah, those are the best. I like those little softball stadiums. They're really cool looking. And they, I really want to go out there and take that. They're growing practice. on me. Yeah. I, th- I feel like, you know, they look so small. And you feel like you could just crank balls over the outfield fence. You probably can't. We hope. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe in my 30s or 20s I could have. In my yeah. 50s, maybe not. But anyway, uh, Central Connecticut, you know, another one of those. It's got a nice little little grandstand. Seats maybe the grandstand sells seats maybe 500. Um, it's called the Ricky Batalico grandstand because he gave some money to the college to uh, build the, the grandstand. But other than that, nothing really spectacular about Central Connecticut. Um, Bryant College, Conady Park, one of the nicer ballparks in this area at Bryant University in Smithfield, Rhode Island. Uh, another one where the, the baseball and softball are right next to each other. Um, really, one good thing about Bryant is they used to charge for baseball games. They were one of only two schools in all of New England that charged. There's none that charge now. So Bryant actually probably listened to my reviews and, uh, but the, the, the grounds are really nice. Manicure, it's got terrace berms on the uh, foul lines where you can set up your lawn chairs or you can sit in the berm in the outfield. It's got a really nice little grandstand with individual seats. So it's just, it's a really nice place to catch a game. And it's on the site of the old New England Patriots training camp. So that's a plus for football fans. Uh, let's see, where else did I go? Northeastern, Parsons Field in Brookline. It's, uh, it used to be where they played football when Northeastern had a football team. So it doubles now as their soccer field and baseball park. So it's got the old soccer slash football grandstand going from right field out to center field. And they built a new baseball grandstand in the other corner. So it's a really cool setup. And uh, they'll tell you all about when Babe Ruth used to go hang out there when he lived, when he played for the Red Sox and lived in the area. And free parking in downtown Boston, which is always a shocker. And the other one I went to was Dartmouth College up in New Hampshire, uh, Red Rolf Field. Probably my favorite ballpark, aside from the couple of new ones that are in New England. Of all the little small ones, got a great little grandstand. It's wedged in. All the Dartmouth athletic facilities are wedged into this one little place. So you got the football stadium, you got the basketball arena, you got the baseball jammed in right here, you got the indoor track right here, you got the hockey right over here. It's, it's pretty cool. If, if everybody's playing, you can just wander around and have fun. And Hanover, New Hampshire is one of my favorite places to visit. So uh, pretty cool there. They've got memorials all over this little, another place, a little tiny grandstand. They've got memorials to all kinds of people. And one of them is just like on a rock. It's pretty cool. It's funny. And the, the old-timey sayings attributed to their old coaches just kind of made me smile. One said, I just hope that we can win more than we lose. And, you know, old-timey things like that so that was Darvitz so those were the eight New England venues that I went to um if you're a baseball diehard you may visit some of these otherwise probably not anything that would be on any of your plans if you were making a baseball road trip yeah you never know some people are crazy out there like us so I can think of one person (laughs) (laughs) so that was uh my March April and May 
So did we leave out anywhere else that we've been? I know we're getting a little long here. Nah, I'm, I'm good. I got, I think I, yeah, I didn't talk about ball state, but no, nothing spectacular. It was a good crowd. But. So, all right. So that's where we will leave off tonight. Thanks everyone for listening. Gregory Koch. I, we have gotten your message messages about uh, Maryland university of Maryland. Gregory says that uh, university of Maryland, what did he say? Let me, let me pull it up here. Maryland Stadium isn't particularly nice either, but it's nicer than most of the other college venues in the area, which isn't saying much. So that's that's how I feel like when I go to a brand new one like Boston College or UConn. They're brand new. So compared to the other places in the area, they they just really stand out. And uh, oh, Gregory, Gregory also uh, corrected me. UConn now charges for baseball. But you know what? They've got to pay for their ba- brand new uh, stadium somehow, I suppose. Yeah, I, I noticed that. A lot yeah. of – like Louisville never charged. Now they charge. The, the last I was there, so it it happens. Yeah. So uh, so Dan, where can our listeners follow you? Nowhere. Would help if I had the volume on. Uh, follow me at DanLaw83. All right. Mark, how about I'm a professional. Where can, our listeners, where can our listeners follow you? And uh, any plans coming up for the next couple? Of weeks? Uh, yeah, I'm actually going to uh, the Indy 500 on Sunday. So. Cool. That's, that should be pretty exciting. A friend of mine wants some tickets, so a uh, couple of us are going and don't know what I'm going to get myself into because apparently there's different places you can sit there and you have to bring certain things and some things are allowed, some things aren't. So, you know, n- nothing better than doing some research uh, about going someplace. But, hey, there's a great website called Stadium Journey for that. So <laughs> check it out on your next visit. And you can follow me on social media, Ballpark Hunter. That's uh, Twitch. I'm making some really cool videos on there. YouTube, Instagram, and, of course, Twitter. Like, subscribe, crush that subscription button. And uh, check out my stuff, new, new material twice a week, and uh, fun times. Fun like, times. Share, subscribe. Like, share, subscribe. Dave, where can our listeners follow you and where are you headed? Uh, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Profan9. And uh, in the foreseeable future, it's going to be all 15 new Kitchener Panthers baseball. <laughs> so yeah, my my son is playing, and I'm not sure if I'm not sure if I'm gonna get really. Well, I guess I'm going to Toronto FC on Saturday. I'm going to the uh, Mohawk Raceway on Friday. So that that I do know. As far as June though, I, I got nothing. I got nothing other than other than uh, not so little kid baseball. Uh, you can follow my stadium journeys on Twitter or Instagram at PuckmanRI. As far as where I'm going, uh, you're going to be finding me at Campanelli Stadium a whole lot over the next couple months uh, with my new gig as the PA announcer for the Rocks, the Brockton Rocks of the Futures Collegiate Baseball League. Very excited to be adding some baseball to my portfolio. Uh, any, as far as trips lined up, um, Memorial Day is a big deal here. The NCAA lacrosse championships are being held in Hartford at Rentschler Field. So I'm not working that day. So I may head over to Hartford and uh, check out the championship game. Last year's championship game was a hell of a game. So we're hoping hoping for another one. It looks like Maryland's going to just breeze through this year, though. Princeton and Rutgers, are they? Princeton, Rutgers, 
Go Tigers. Penn and Maryland, I think. So it's like a one, five, six, and somebody's really low seated by the final four. Crazy tournament this year. There was no Syracuse, no Duke, no Johns Hopkins. Uh, that I don't think that's ever happened before. Cornell. So Maryland plays Cornell. Oh, Cornell. Cornell, yes. Thank you. No, Rutgers plays Cornell. Okay. So well, I'll be rooting for Princeton. Sorry, Maryland. But so that's probably uh, what we'll be doing. Monday, aside from that, we don't have any plans, uh, any trips planned in the foreseeable future. So if you are looking where you can find all this information that we were referencing, you can find all of our 2,500 stadium reviews, news items, and other future stories on our website, stadiumjourney.com. Find us on our social media channels at Stadium Journey. Uh, looking for the podcast or other episodes? Looking for this episode? You want to listen to it on your car on the way to work? I do that sometimes. Uh, t- pick up your phone, search HIAC Talk Radio Network, wherever you look for your favorite podcast, and we will be there. Video simulcast. You can't do this in your car now, but you can do it when you're home on your laptop. Video fi- simulcast of this podcast can be found on Stadium Journey's YouTube page, and our classic back catalog can still be found at VOC Nation. Dot com And don't forget to join us for our live streams every other Tuesday night at 7 Eastern at danlaw.tv. And we will be back in two weeks on June the 6th. Don't know what we're going to be talking about yet. But Maybe Tim Capper awesome. will remember to be here. Maybe. But it <laughs> uh, will maybe. be awesome. So thanks, everyone, for joining us. And thanks for your support, as always. For Dan, Mark, and Dave, this is Paul wishing you all safe stadium journeys and close games. Hope to see you all again again on the road real soon. Thank you.